podcast i am your co-host matt fisher i'm the creative director here at hill city where we are recording this and most every episode of stay curious and i'm here with my co-host lead pastor and member of the team here at hill city john wagler wags what's going on what's up everybody um i was gonna do the tagline where it's like uh you know stay curious but I realized that Corey wraps it right before. <laughs> it's I very come true. On. Yeah, it's just like yeah. it's a little repetitive. Um, so yeah, uh, this is the Stay Curious podcast, episode number three. Um, big ups to everybody who emailed into us. Um, we, I mean, emails were up five hundred percent. You guys, yeah. it was just so like the, flood, the floodgates <laughs> opened after the Game of Thrones episode. Apparently. You know, I get it. Social economics is sort of a snoozer, but, you know, dragons and magic and sexuality are a lot more exciting. So, <laughs> well, and it's cool just seeing all the reviews we've gotten too and people doing that. Yeah. So thanks you, for that. Yep. You all have really come out for us. I've been doing um, podcasts for a while on just like silly things like wrestling, comic books, and things like that. It is not easy to get. I think we have 20 something um, reviews. So, everyone who's listening, thank you so much. We've gotten so many great text messages in person, like introductions and comments, um, emails, um, just being supportive and also being thoughtful, um, giving us uh, critiques and criticisms and telling us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, just from a production standpoint. Um, and we just super, super appreciate that. So thank you all. If you want to email in, remember you can do that by um, going to your email server and typing in. Stay curious at hillcityrva.com is the email address and then shooting over the message that you would like to send, whether it's a question, a comment, a quote, a concern, um, or something about a past episode. We love hearing from you all. So our last episode got some feedback. Yes, it did. And really great feedback, too. I mean, ultimately, and I think obviously the show strikes a chord with folks and the different perspectives for people that that matters. And so I think it was a good topic for us to cover. But with that, we wanted to maybe tease it out a little bit further because of some of the comments and questions that were presented either personally or uh, through email. And so we're going to do that today and uh, look at a few different things that might help build out a little bit larger conversation for us because maybe some of the things that were said deserved a little bit more time. And we wanted to do that today. Yeah. And we want to keep everybody part of the conversation. You know, we one of the goals of this podcast was to not have a, a one sided conversation and to get everybody involved. Um, before we get into it, this is all I'm going off script right now, but um, just to kind of humanize this, because I think it's easy for people to just see us as like the hosts of a podcast or for, you know, to see you as a, a teaching pastor or to see me as like the creative guy or whatever. I would like to know, now that we've gotten some feedback, what was your, like, I don't know if fear is the right word, but what was your fear or expectation about, like, what would people think of the podcast or what would be, what, what was your expectation, we won't say fear, of what people would think or what the first line of feedback would be? Yeah, you know, I think ultimately it's, do people care? <laughs> right, yeah, does anybody even care about us saying anything? Yeah, of these things? anything. Uh, but I think, you know, again, this is trying to get the right kind of DNA uh, not only into our church, but into anyone who's listening is, hey, we want to truly have conversations. And that takes effort. That takes humility. That takes willingness even for us to just be open and transparent about, hey, this is my opinion, but maybe that's not right. you know. And even for people commenting back in, it's the same thing. And so 
I mean, my expectation was, or my hope was, that that's what would happen in this podcast, is that we would create avenues for conversation for folks and that they would want to email in and be like, hey, can you guys cover this? And 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 so the fear was, uh, I'm a three on the Enneagram, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm a results-based uh, person, but the fear was that, you know, we'd get seven listeners outside of our family and uh, no one would want, and I don't care. And we'd be like, all right, that was a cool four episodes and we're out. But right. yeah, so that yeah. Would... you'd have to get on and be like, okay, mom, you can stop <laughs> emailing now. Yeah. Um, your mom did not email. Uh, neither did mine. Although apparently my dad is going to send an email. Okay. So shout out, shout out to Captain Jack. Go ahead and send that email in. Um, yeah, I would say my, it's funny because my expectation and fear for most of the things that like, especially that you and I work on together. So we do like the words with wags videos sometimes, or just, um, you know, video bumper videos or, or creative stuff for the, it's always that it like won't be enough. Um, and that people will, or, or that it'll be too much. And so this first line of feedback has been great because like the, I would say negative, but like the critical feedback we got back was so thought out. Yeah. Like I was sharing with you earlier that I got a review on a, another podcast that I do that's about pro wrestling. So not nearly as serious. And it was literally just like attacking me as a person, <laughs> which is, which to me is almost like, wow, this person's really upset. At least they care. That's like the way I think about it. Not like I failed, but just the even handed responses from everybody. And then, and positivity, even in criticism, mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised by. Yeah. So keep it up. Yep. Like we, we read every email and love every comment. And even if it's on the negative side or critiquing side, you know, uh, we appreciate that and uh, want to make this great. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks. So, um, the purpose of this episode, is, like Wag said, is we're going to unpack some of the things that we got some um, critical feedback on um, from the Game of Thrones episode, our last episode, um, which uh, ultimately, I think, if you didn't listen to it, it became about how do we as people of faith and as you know, Jesus followers engage with media, art, media, entertainment, what have you. Um, so yeah, we wanted to chat about that a little bit today. Um, you know, the first thing that... We got a few emails. Um, we're not going to call anybody out. Um, of course, we would never do that. Um, and we're not going to like specifically quote anybody's emails. We're just going to kind of talk about ideas. Um, and hopefully that does justice to those of you who are thoughtful enough to, to write in. But um, one of the things that we um, sort of got some critical feedback about was actually not taking, would you say like not taking a hard enough stance against uh, explicit content? Um, I say explicit. I don't, I didn't even really know what to call it. Not, you could yeah. say like not gospel driven content, right. but that's like yeah. football is not gospel. Sure. Content. Yeah. Um, but like explicit content, not taking a hard enough stance on it. And that, uh, we may have when WAG said, you know, decide what your too much is. Or when I use the pizza analogy about like you, some people pick off toppings and some people just don't eat the pizza that we were sort of suggesting maybe that, um, Christ, uh, has like a sliding scale of purity or of um, standards and that it's personal, which is really relativism, you know, that, that we were being a little too relevant, uh, mm -hmm. relativist. So um, Wags, I'm curious about your thoughts on that feedback. Yeah. And I think it was valid. It was a valid questions that we received about it because there is an element to where as you begin to uh, look at what your too much is, uh, it, here's where my perspective is on it. 
everyone is on this journey and the finish line to where everyone who is a Christian that would want to get to is as close to Jesus as possible until the day of perfection when we're in heaven, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's always going to be the end line that we should all be, be moving towards. It's like, how do I keep taking steps towards Jesus? What does this mean? And so when I brought up the, what's your too much, and I, and I think we would actually both agree on this is that we, we both have to, or all of us have to constantly be sensitive and remain sensitive to an understanding of, Hey, are there things in my life that could be taking me away from the things of Jesus? And so understanding, all right, this is too much for me and this is, is affecting me. And I think also balancing the fact that we're all on a journey mm-hmm. of some kind. And so like my too much now would have never have been my too much 10 years ago. Right. You know, I mean, it's right. very, very different. Same, I would say same. Yeah. For me. And so my point of that is like, if we're not always asking ourselves that question, then we aren't truly seeking out to take steps to Jesus. Right. Because, right. you know, so, cause there's a difference of what we're trying to establish here. I think even when you start getting around this, what's too much and what's mm-hmm. truth and all those things, all valid questions. But sometimes I feel like we get in this stance of trying to make someone feel guilty for watching something mm-hmm. or listening to something mm-hmm. rather than saying, cause guilt, guilt will make people run away from God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, so it's not about making someone feel guilty. It's saying like, all right, asking yourself, what's too much? How is this connecting to Jesus? And, and as they begin to answer that question themselves, then what they're doing in that moment is they're opening themselves up to conviction from the spirit. Right. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point about guilt because something we need to keep in mind here is, um, if we look at this as a journey and it is like, no one can say that they're not on a journey unless you're Jesus, right? Um, Mm -hmm. If we look at it as a journey and um, we look at it individually, I think relativism is moving the finishing line. So saying like, I understand where you're at in your journey, so what's okay for you is different than what's okay for me. I think what we were trying to communicate was that the finishing line is the same. The, The end point is the same, as close to Jesus as humanly possible. But we're we feel like um, we should be trying to meet people where they're at. And that's not saying, I guess a good analogy would be this. If um, we would never say to somebody here at at the, at, you know, you and I are in our community, we would never approach somebody who was living with their um, girlfriend or boyfriend and say, we really understand like where you guys are at and that you love each other and that financially it makes sense. So like, we think Jesus has a different standard for you. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't say that. We also would not say, hey, if you're going to go to Hill City, you're going to need to move out. Like, you guys are going to need to... Right. Yep, you can't. Like, you, if you're going to say you're a Christian, you're going to have to, like, move out. Because then, as you alluded to, not only are we not pushing them forward, we're actively pushing them back. And Jesus says, you know, do not be a stumbling block to your brothers and sisters. That's not the... Ex- I'm terrible at quoting scripture <laughs> sure. if you haven't figured that out yet. But same idea, right? Um, you know, don't be a stumbling block to one of these, to the little ones. And I think that that's true of all of us. Like... Um, you certainly don't want to be stagnant. You always want to be moving forward, but we also need to be cognizant of how are we using guilt and shame to push people away? Um, because look, purity culture was a thing. Didn't really work. I I don't think anyway. I mean, again, everybody has a different experience, but like now we've got the guy that wrote, I kissed dating goodbye, like touring around apologizing. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's a, it's a thing that's happening. Um, and the church taking a hard line on things eventually led to capital T, capital C, like the church 
led us into a post-Christian era in Europe, here in America, in Canada, um, and all over the world. So I think that that's, I, I think that it's not about the sliding scale of what Christ teaches us, who he is, and what he wants for us. It's more about the scale is set, but we need to figure out where we each are and how are we moving forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I think what you're also describing is the fact that we're talking about keeping it conversational too. Yeah. Like we can't judge anyone's journey. Mm-hmm. We can't. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's is different. I think the problem is, is that we can't handle ambiguity. Right. And so, uh, which, well, this is a whole different podcast, but there's a lot of ambiguity in the Bible. Right. You know, and so, but I, I think when we can't handle ambiguity, then we need rules. Mm-hmm. And so then when you establish rules and you're, you're, then you're telling people that's wrong and that's wrong. And so then it's like you're, you've put your stake in the ground and whatever it is. And then you're eliminating conversation and process and journey for people, mm-hmm. or at least for you to be a part of it because you've put your stake in the ground. Right. And so when it comes to this idea of like discussion, that's why it's important for us to open ourselves up to it. I need to, even though I might really enjoy something. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know we defer on, you know, Game of Thrones, but if we might really enjoy something, we do have to ask ourselves, okay, how does this bring me closer to Jesus? Or what is this my too much? You know, like those right. kinds of things. And people are wired differently and right. all that stuff too. So we've got to factor those things in. I was talking to someone about uh, this last episode and he just made the comment to me that when you brought up about uh, seeing nudity and art as just art. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it and I just told him, I was like, I don't know that I could do, I don't know that I could see it that way. Mm. And he goes, no, he goes, and honestly, Matt might be in like the less than 1% of men who see nudity as art. We just see nude nudity. Right. Or we see nakedness. Right. You know? And so, um, now granted that we were just being facetious in the percentages, but, but I think there's like a wiring there that can happen too, or just, I mean, experience or whatever it yeah. is. But I think we need to understand that because when we don't embrace ambiguity and when we don't uh, embrace process and journey for folks and conviction of the spirit, it's like, and we draw these hard lines, it's like, that's why we have tens of thousands of denominations. Right. You know, like we have yeah. so many different churches and denominations because guess what? People kept putting the stake in the ground of like, this is truth and this mm-hmm. is it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you defer from this truth, then you're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we start thinking through, is there a sliding scale or anything like that? Like, no, there's not. God's truth is God's truth, but we have to truly wrestle with the ambiguity of some of those things, mm-hmm. you know, and wh- how it brings us closer to him, right. you know, and, and it's a process and right. you can't deny that. And I think for, you know, to talk about context and sort of alluding to, you know, that I might be in, in the, in the minority of men who are able to see nudity as just art, <clears throat> that's contextual too. Like if you think about nudity, so let's use nudity as the example. Is it conceivable that a Christian who's a mortician could decide this is too much nudity for me. Yeah. I mean, it's like a disturbing thought, but like if, if they said this is too, you know, this being a mortician is too much human nudity for me to not have a problem. And then they quit doing that. Okay. You know, but for most of us, we would just say, "Uh, no different context. Like that's not the kind, but art is a different context than game of Thrones and game of Thrones is a different context than just hardcore internet pornography. You know, the context for each person and how they interact with it, I would argue is a little more liquid than we like to, to let on all of us. Yeah. And I think that brings up, you know, kind of what some of the people were kind of curious about, like what makes something a gray area. Right. 
you know, and and that's like a hard, hard question to ask or answer, Mm -hmm. because when you think what makes something a gray area for me from a faith perspective, I'm like, well, I believe Jesus died and he rose again. That's not a gray area. Mm hmm. Right. That, that that's it. you can't call yourself a Christian if you don't believe that. Right. Um, I believe we all need forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right. You you can't call yourself a Christian if you don't think you need forgiveness. Uh, I think, you know, Jesus was the son of God. Mm-hmm. You can't. That's not a gray area. I believe in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like those are all like non gray areas of our faith. Mm-hmm. But from there, you know, there's different opinions on hell, on what heaven is going to be like, on different kind of morality issues, on laws, on different things like that. And so then all of a sudden, that's where it, that's where this whole idea is of we got to stay curious with each other to say, okay, well, how does this bring us closer to Jesus? Or why is why is why is your you know kind of too much like so different than mine? And how do we talk about that? How do we it's the classic iron sharpens iron verse, you know, in Proverbs where it's like, we think of like iron sharpen iron is like, Hey buddy, let's sharpen each other. Right. Yeah. But really it's grinding and there's sparks right. and it's painful and trying to figure each other out and how it kind of brings us to be more godlike behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think not only do we have to appreciate that, we have to embrace it because mm-hmm. if we don't embrace that part, then again, we go right back to let's judge each other. Let's, you know, you're in, you're out kind of mindset. Oh, you're watching that. Uh, you're a hellion, that kind of thing. I think when our posture is, this isn't about, you know, cowering away from standing up for truth or something that might be hurting. It's like going, our posture is, okay, clearly if someone's watching something or engaging something that is definitely taking them away from Jesus, let's just say, it, it we approach them saying like, now tell me like, where are you coming from on this? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, you know, that's not Christ-like, right? Right. You know, so like that's, it's all a posture. So when we talk about gray areas, it's almost like, hey, there are a few non-gray areas, mm-hmm. but then there's a whole heck of a lot of gray areas. A lot of gray areas. Yeah. And I mean, if you, again, thinking about context and scalability of setting that hard rule, I mean, the way that, the way that I talk about being okay with watching Game of Thrones, there are people that whether you agree with them or not and whether they're an ultra minority or not, they would say the same thing about us not having the women wear head coverings at our, I mean, it's true, you know? Like, so it's like, who's like ultimate truth are we to accept? Because it could cause for somebody to take their head covering off in a certain context could cause somebody to stumble. But does that make it that everybody should wear head coverings? Like it just get, like you said, I'm just trying to reinforce that. Like, gets in a gray area pretty quickly once you get outside of the sanctity of Christ. Yeah. Now, I would say on the other side of that, mm. I think we do have to take in the fact that Jesus was aggressive in his uh, teachings a lot of times, mm. where he was saying the God your eye out or cut the hand off and things like that, or it's better that you'd have a millstone tied around your neck. You know, you know. so like there are aggressive things that the way Jesus teaches And I think that's the part we cannot skirt around, though. Mm -hmm. You know, so we can have different opinions on a movie, on a TV show, on music, whatever. We can have those different opinions and talk about them. But if our posture for both of us, if if, or whoever's in the conversation, Mm -hmm. that if our posture isn't one of saying, yeah, but we also have to take in what did Jesus teach? And he was pretty dang serious about it. And to the point of, you know, even in Matthew 7 saying, like, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. You said you knew me, but you didn't take me serious enough. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. And and so if we don't take that part seriously as we think about music and TV shows and conversations and, and, and we could go 
a laundry list of things, then I do think we are entering into territory that will take us away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we, so my point would be, or my perspective would be, we might both have a different opinion on a show, but we both need to be in agreement. I would say this would be a truth, that we both need to be in an agreement. We need to wholeheartedly and aggressively seek after what Jesus taught and discuss that. I would agree. Yeah, I would say a question for me is when Jesus uses what I'm going to say is hyperbole, sure. only because you don't see a large amount of us one-handed and one-eyed, right? Um, and his disciples themselves did not gouge their eyes out, so we're going to say that he was using hyperbole. But the reason that he used hyperbole was to signal to people, hey, I take this very seriously. Um, it's funny because it was brought up in some of the criticism of like, you know, um, that I made an analogy about picking toppings off a of pizza and that, no, it's more serious than that. Jesus actually says to gouge your eye, eye out or throat. And it's funny because at first I was like, ah, yeah, but that's like a hyperbole. But during the socialism episode, I was like, well, doesn't Jesus say that it's impossible for a rich person to get into the, the kingdom of heaven? So I'm also, I do it too. Like I take the hyperbole and use it as literal, um, to, you know, to get to my point, I guess. Where I see a gray area within a gray area is how do you tell another person they're not taking something seriously enough, right? So for you, serious is like, um, you mentioned that you and Lacey literally for, um, if there's like a, uh, if you go see a, a movie that you deem is appropriate, but the, the previews before the movie are satanic or, um, or, or sexual or whatever, that you guys will literally cover your eyes. Well, may, let's say tomorrow I'm like, you know what? And I kind of have gotten there, honestly. I'm kind of like, no more Satan movies. Like, I don't, <laughs> I used to, you know, like I watched The Exorcist and like, I still really like heavy metal, which you can't get around being uh, very tied in with that whole thing. Um, but let's say tomorrow I was just like, no more, no more heavy metal, no more horror movies. I'm done. But then I didn't cover my eyes. Would you, you would then be able to say like, yeah, but you're still not taking this seriously enough. So we need to be cautious of telling other people what they're serious enough is. Um, another great, a, a great example in my life outside the church is like, um, uh, sort of environmental and, and, um, environmental politics. Like I can't tell you, I've been friends with hardcore vegans my whole life. And I love, I love each and every one of them to death. We've had babysitters, several babysitters for our kids that are like vegan animal activists. And I always tell them if the kids ask why you're cooking a separate dinner, tell them everything. Like I want them to like, if that's a decision they make, I want them to make that decision. But I've also had friends that are just like, when I was vegetarian, we're just like, you're not taking this seriously enough. Like if you're not this, then don't even. So it's like, we do that as Christians. Like, if you're not going to cover your eyes during the previews, don't even. Like, just get out. And we need to be very cautious of that, I think. Well, yeah, because it doesn't ever stop. Right, never stop. I mean, it doesn't ever stop. Like, you can't get around that. So if you're going to be so aggressive on that part of it, then you then you better carry that out in everything you do. Like, you, like if you're going to be that serious, like, you better turn around. I better not check and see if you have an old Navy shirt on. Right. Yeah, you know, because, because like they, they build it on the back of backs of slaves, yeah. you know? And so we can do it in fashion. We can do it in food. We can do it in movies in entertainment. We can, we can keep going. So if you're going to be like, so like adamant about something, you, you better be that way the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is the balance point though, because there still is a conversation to be had between Christians that would still say, we need to, 
have I want to hear your perspective on why you think that's okay. Right. You know, so there, that still has to be there. We can't cower away from those things. That's why we talk about like the stuff in staffs on our staff and, and everything too, because when we can open that conversation up quite frequently, people are coming from different places. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going from a scale of one to 10 on things, there might be a couple of threes, a couple of sixes, a couple of fives, you know, like right. all that. And so we have to appreciate that in each other too. But to, we also have, can't forget that part of being in community is embracing the mess, embracing the gray, and then also encouraging each other to more Christ-like behavior. Mm-hmm. So if we can do that, then yeah, there again, 10 years from now, if we're, we're probably not gonna be doing this podcast, but like, you know, the 10 years from now, we'll have a conversation and, and, and we're going to be like, man, that's crazy. In right. 2019, that's the way we felt. Right. You know, and so we just got to understand that too. Yeah, it's funny. One of our staff, uh, fellow staff members, um, sort of half jokingly, when she found out we were doing a Game of Thrones episode, was like, "Oh, don't do it. Just let me like the things I like." <laughs> and every time she says that, I'm like, "No, you can't just like the things you like. You got to think about it." And uh, it's it's hilarious. Um, so I would say really quickly, um, the the other side of that, like you were talking about, being uh, curious as to why someone. Like as Christians um, talking to each other, let's remain curious about why someone else's too much is different than is different than yours. Um, I would say also for if you're in my position where maybe you're more, I don't want to say permissive, but your my standard is different than your standard. Also, be curious of like, well, why is you know like hearing about you talking about you and Lacey and you. Um, her asking you like, why doesn't this bother you? Or why should I be okay with you watching this and all that? That's super interesting to me. Um, because the, ex- the expectation of more permissible, more permissive people when they talk to less permissive people is that they're just going to quote scripture at them. It's like, well, because the Bible says, and we talk about this a lot internally, but I think people need to think about it is if I ask you, why don't you watch XYZ, listen to XYZ? And your response is, here's a conversation I had with my wife, or here's something I, pr- I prayed about it, but like more, I need more than that too. Like I prayed about it, and here's what God put on my heart. And not just, well, the Bible says this. Not that that's not valid, but it's like, share yourself. If somebody asks you why your standards are different, and this goes for, especially when you're interacting with non Christians, like, why do you act this way? Share, you got it. You're going to have to be vulnerable. We're reading Brene Brown right now. So like everything's going to be about vulnerability. I would encourage people be vulnerable with people. Don't just like quote scripture at them or whatever. And, um, I do want to say that one of the emails that we got critical emails that we got, um, the writer closed with like, I'm working on this too. I'm not perfect at this. And I think that's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was such a good email. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also say, tagging on to what you said about like, just don't just use a Bible verse that is anti the way the Bible is supposed to be used. Even the Bible in and of itself, the way the authors wrote it and there's over 40 authors in the Bible, but even the way that they, they uh, wrote it, it wasn't intended to ever be a rule book. Right. And like, that's not its intent. It wasn't intended to be a weapon and we use it that way, way too often. Whereas the writers in the Bible were doing it to say, this is, this is how we're experiencing God and this is what we're learning and this is the kind of the truth of what we've uh, been exposed to and everything. And so we, when you do answer someone and you have different levels of permissibility, whatever, mm-hmm. understanding that 
you you want to share from the perspective of like there's a why behind it, mm. and it's not just because Hebrews ten thirty two says blah 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 blah, right. you know. And so, I think it's important to keep that in mind, um, especially as as Christians. Yeah. Um. So I know that uh, as you were talking about the last episode with with Lacey, with your wife Lacey, co-pastor of the church, mm-hmm. um, that she brought up a really good point about her concern in sort of like explicit um, art or entertainment of not only how does it affect us as the viewers, but one of her concerns was like, how does this affect the performer? And how does it increase or decrease their human dignity? I really liked that. Um, I do think about that sometimes. I think I was a theater kid in high school, so I like know a little bit about like what it, and and also I did, you know, video production for uh, like TV commercials and things like that. So I like understand the weird coldness of being on a set and how it wouldn't, you know, it's certainly not the same as like being in a bedroom alone with somebody, which is what they're depicting. Mm -hmm. But I really liked what she said. Um, Did did you guys, is that something that you guys have talked about before or was that a new idea for you? Yeah, we, we have talked about it before with music Mm -hmm. and we, uh, she brought it up the other day that, uh, so we talked about it before when not, we talked, you know, I think it was episode one or maybe it was last episode, how, how much I love hip hop music. Mm-hmm. And I've stepped away from the most recent hip hop stuff. But one of the reasons that I backed away from hip hop music was that um, in, in terms of what I was listening mm-hmm. to was I could not reconcile how these artists were talking about women. And I I could justify it in my head. I was like, oh, it's just a song. It's just whatever. But then I started realizing it's not just a song. They, they are writing those lyrics and creating culture and those lyrics that they're singing actually impact them as an artist and then the people listening to it, then it impacts them. And then, and then in the end, women get objectified more and everything else. And so I, and I, and I stopped understanding how women could listen to it too and like slough it off as if it was nothing. But then that just showed me how messed up our culture is. And so it started with music and we would talk about that. And to be protective of just things that we were listening to in that manner. And then she brought it up. uh, You know, she goes, hey, one of the things, you know, I was thinking about when you guys were discussing this was like, what about the actors? Like, what about the what about the actor that has to perform a rape scene on a woman? Yeah. Like, what about the woman who really doesn't want to be naked? Mm -hmm. But it's part of the deal. Right, and it's a interesting for, specifically for Game of Thrones because the actor who plays Daenerys, who's really the main one of two main female characters in the in the show, uh, she had nude scenes in the first season and then refuses to do them moving forward. I don't, I, I'm sure it's somewhere online you can read an interview as to why she made that decision, but she so there was thousands of dollars spent on CGI because there were still nude scenes written in, but she wouldn't do them. So I mean that affects directly what we were talking about. The first thing it made me think of is. You know, you you hear, or if you haven't, you can Google it and get some really quick, like, top 10 scariest things that have ever happened on the set of horror movies. But, like, a lot of the people who are in these really, really, like, The Exorcist or, um, like, these, like, sort of tortury horror movies, they don't have a real good time after that. Uh, literally, the director of The Exorcist had a real exorcist come to the uh, set at one point and do an exorcism because so many weird things were happening. And um, a lot of the, especially, I think, especially younger people um, who 
you know, play those roles early on, not all, but some of them, like they have a rough time moving forward um, in life. And it's because of those scenarios that they're put in. So I was like, man, that's a really good, I'd never made that connection um, between, you know, all the creepy things I knew about like behind the scenes in horror movies and, you know, what must psychologically actors go through who, yeah, need to be in a rape scene or whatever, um, or are asked to be. But I was like, man, that's a super good point. It really is. Cause we, we were actually at a conference where we heard, um, Candace Cameron Bray, she, you know, she played DJ Tanner oh, right. on Full House. Mm-hmm. She was talking about being a child actor and she brought up how many child actors and early teenage actors that she knew that were just an utter mess because of the roles that they were playing mm. and how deeply. And so here they are playing those roles. It ruins them as a, as a kid and then it wrecks their adult life. Yeah. And, and, and I would say this, and this was part of like our conversation was, and Lacey was bringing this up that you can't convince me that the people in those in these sex scenes, that it doesn't impact them. I get it. The movie sets di- different than the real thing and everything else, but you just can't convince me it doesn't. And because they're they're still acting it out, they're still getting into character. They're still going through the kind of emotion of pulling that off. In the same way, I, when you go like overly violent things, and we'll have another episode on violence, but you can't convince me it doesn't affect people. You know, to continuously do violent things, like even if you're just portraying it. Um, I remember uh, hearing, uh, who was the guy from Schindler's List? Uh, the actor? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't remember now. Was it Liam Neeson? I think so. Okay. Um, but like, I remember him talking about that role and him talking about the emotion and the impact that that had because he truly wanted to dive into the role. Right. You know, Um or in Batman. Right. You know, it's it's the same thing. So like these actors are deeply impacted by the roles that they're playing. Mm-hmm. And so to think that again, this is like the too much part, right? To think that then we as Christians who want who love the dignity of life because we everyone's created by God, then to think, well then why in the world would we like support something that could be hurting somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, so often to Lacey's point was so often we're thinking, how does this impact me? But we aren't thinking about how does it impact others, right? Th- that's the classic, the love others part right. that we miss out. Right. And so uh, that that feeds into the conversation. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I agree. Great point. Um, and the level of, you know, you do hear like Daniel Day-Lewis is one of the great like method actors who really dives into his roles. That guy on his off time, he's like a he trained to be like a shoe cobbler in Germany, like the level of self care that he does to be able to do that and still be relatively okay. Like as a human, most talent are not afforded that they, they, they go straight from the set being a serial killer or being in a rape scene or whatever. And then they have to go in a press junket and they don't get to sleep and you know, they don't get, um, I guess I would, I would say maybe, maybe there's a level of self care that keeps it from screwing you up, but we certainly don't allow them to have it. Um, and you know, that's another thing is like, don't be so like care about these people. Don't be so hard on them and maybe don't consume things that force them to do things that they Mm -hmm. don't want to do for sure. Um, cool. Well, I think that was, that pretty much covers it. Everything else was, uh, just, um, all the other emails were suggestions, great suggestions. So, uh, of future topics that we could cover. So if you emailed in, um, we are for sure going to go through those and, and cover some of them. 
um, for next time. If you would like to send an email, again, you can do that to stay curious at hillcityrva.com, um, and we would love for you to do that. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Rate and review us, um, and you guys have been great about that so far. So until next time, everybody, remember we want to create um, diversity in thought, not division in community. We, we want you guys to stay curious. We'll see you next time. See you guys.